Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, we thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray this morning that we're inspired for greater works. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 29. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 29. We have been looking at this series called Counting um, Destiny Fulfillment. God has a purpose for your life. God has a destiny for you. It is unique. No two people are the same. God has a unique purpose for you. And please, all our messages are free. If you're on the WhatsApp list, make sure you get them and listen to them again and again. Very important to always get the messages. Even if you were in service, listen to them again. You would learn. And in Luke chapter 14, Jesus was talking to them about the cost of discipleship. That if a man will follow God, he has to count the cost. He has to forsake his father, his mother, and follow Christ. That's something we sang this morning. But interestingly, in trying to typify that, Jesus brings a very salient, simple example. That I see that if you take it out of the context of discipleship and bring it into real life, it can help you fulfill your destiny. Not many people in life fulfill their God-given destiny. Not many people. Saul was designed to be the leader of Israel. God specifically chose him to be a leader. But you know what happened? He failed. He didn't fulfill his destiny. Samson was chosen to become a leader. He failed. He didn't fulfill his destiny. So the fact that you have a destiny in God doesn't mean that you fulfill it. And I think most times we overrate the power of the devil in our lives. Thinking that, oh, well, the devil doesn't want me to succeed. You know, if you're still, if you're a Christian, if you've been a Christian for more than one year, and you're still talking about how the devil doesn't want you to succeed, you should be ashamed of yourself. They should send you to the children's class. You should be ashamed. You know, I, I remember one time, I got this believer, being Christian for years, came to me one time, and said, well, they pressed me tonight. I said, who? He said, witches. I said, how do you know them? <laughs> Were you an ex-member? He said, I, I just know. I said, and you're coming to tell me? He said, to pray for me. I said, no. So I opened the scripture, gave him scripture. I said, open your mouth, pray like this. You know how you lead people to Christ? Say after me. So you have authority over the devil. Praise God. Absolute authority to cast him out of your house. Cast him out of your life. Take authority. You know, like Pastor Nose was saying today, you know, the devil throws things that makes you depressed and you're just there thinking of your life. Oh God, oh God, when will it be my turn? When will it be my turn? It will be your turn. When you choose, that's going to be your turn. 
God is not somewhere lining up people. You know, we have this APC and PDP election, you know, mindset in our head, like God is somewhere arranging people's destiny. Then the devil just came and snatched the ballot box of your destiny. And then angels are running, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. No, no, a thousand times no. Praise God. Nobody can touch your destiny. You are a child of God. Your life is hid with Christ in God. You dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God has engraved you in the palm of his hands. You are secured in Christ. Praise God. I don't watch too much Nigerian films. Because sometimes we carry all of those film stuff into our real life and we start acting them out. God's got a great destiny for every one of us. Say amen. amen. Now, in Luke chapter 14, Jesus talked about discipleship. And then he brings this story. It's just very simple stuff there that Jesus put there. So we're going to stay on that verse. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost? Whether he has enough to finish it. Enough to finish it. He didn't say enough money. Enough to finish it. Lest after he has laid the foundation and he's not able to finish it, all those who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. So I'll go to the end of the message. The reason they were mocking the man was that he didn't finish. So we're going to stay on this verse today. Praise God. Ten things, ten lessons from this verse. Ten lessons. Number one. The power of intention. Go to verse 29 for me. Underline. 28, underline intent if you can. Praise God. Verse 28, underline intent. The power of intention. Or like we said today, the power of vision. The first thing in life is the intention to be someone. Intention. Have a vision. Which of you intending to build a tower? You know, all of this series we're doing is getting you ready for next year. Next year is not going to be different from this year if you don't have an intention. What's driving you? You know, the problem is many people, many people actually are just living by what others want them to do. Intention, vision. Which of you intending to build a tower? So the first thing about life is intention. What are your intentions? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to become? The power of intention. And one of the things I find out a lot about life right now is the fact that most of us are scattering our energy in different directions. We tend to be this, 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 to be this. At the end of the day, you're mediocre in everything you've put your hands in. You're not excellent in anything. I'm teaching the Podako this church this evening, power of skill and fulfilling your destiny. The ability to stay focused on something and become an expert in it. Not a wandering generality. You are everywhere. First thing is intention. That's your vision. That's what we talked about this morning. Your vision. Who are you? What do you want to accomplish? 
What's your purpose? The first thing Jesus says, if a man intends to build a tower, because if the man does not intend to do anything, there's nothing you can do about his life. The most difficult person to help is a man who has no vision for himself. Have you sent people to school? And at the end, they finish, they say, well, it's you that said I should go to school. Like, do you understand that? You know, some people, you can't help them. You can't help a man that doesn't want to be helped. Have you seen people like, you give them books to read, like read this book, it's going to help you. Which chapter are you in? I say, I'm still at the back cover. Like, <laughs> and then two weeks later, they say they don't have time. But if you look at a man or a young man who wants to become excellent, he's the one asking you, which book can I read? Which book can, can I buy? What can I study? That's a man with intention. You can't go anywhere in life without intentions. And don't have 50 intentions about your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Myself and my wife, one of the things we, I mean, I'm not saying it is wrong. One of the things that we have successfully done in 12 years of ministry is to stay completely off business. Stay, I'm not saying it is wrong. Maybe we would have been richer. But we have one focus in this life, 100% gospel. Power of focus, power of intention. Power of focus, power of intention. Be focused about what you're doing. So the first thing Jesus said is a man must have intention. You cannot achieve anything meaningful in life without having an intention. Praise the name of the Lord. If you don't have an intention, any little thing will distract you. Any little thing, there will be excuse. Number two, which of you intending to build a tower? Number two, build. We're looking at ten things from this place on how to fulfill destiny. Build. Which of you intending to build a tower? You must understand that life is building. One of the greatest challenges we have in our nation today is everybody wants to become wealthy instantly. Build. 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 Understand that life is building. Whatever you will become in life has to be built. If you want to become successful, you have to build it. If you want to become happily married, you have to build it. If you want to, 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 to run a great ministry, it has to be built. Are, are you following what I'm saying? It has to be built. We must understand life from a building perspective. That listen, in the next 10 years, this, I want to build something with my life. And so I start today. And I head in that direction. The power of building, understand that things in life has to be built. The, the problem is we, we sometimes envy people who have spent their time building stuff. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you in church or you're going home? Say amen if you're here. That's better. Build your amen. Make it strong. Build something. Don't see life as it will just happen. No, build it. When we get into 2020, we are actually stepping into another decade. From 2020 to 2030 is 10 years. And 10 years is just going to come like this. What's your goal for the next 10 years? By 2030, where do you want to be? And all of you who are in relationships with no deadline, don't cross over with that stupidity into next year. 
When are we going to get married? Let's see how it, is, how it goes. How it goes is not a date in the calendar. Then you just become a sex toy for someone and you're just there and then two, three years later they just tell you, sorry, we're not compatible. Because you two don't have an intention. You're just waiting for who will come and carry you from your father's house as if you are a liability or a luggage. Have an intention about your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Build. If we're going to be a great church in this, in this city, we need to understand that we have to build it. If we want people to like our church and to come hear the word, we have to build it. If we want our church to grow, we have to build it. It means everybody has to get somebody to come to church. You don't have great churches when everybody just sits down like, oh yeah, don't worry, God is going to bring the people, God is going to bring the people. No. If we don't put the effort to build a great church, we will not have a great church. Nothing in life just happens. Things need to be built. Ask your neighbor, what are you building? All right. He says, now if you know you're building something, you're patient. You're not in a hurry, right? You're not in a hurry if you're building something. Then number two, number three, for which of you intending to build a tower, there must be specific, there must be something specific you want to build. Do you want to build a bungalow? Do you want to build a bachelor? Do you want to build a tower? And you re realize that if it's a tower you want to build, the work is going to be different. Some of you want a tower life, but a bachelor price. Right. You know, if you want to build a bachelor, for instance, here, it's easy. In less than uh, one, one week, if you have a very strong carpenter. Even three days, some of you can put up structures. But if you want to build a tower, it's going to take time. Most of us compare ourselves with people that are building things lower than us. See, I showed you all these pastors, right? I mean, last pastor knows. Started pastoring him when he was in Jesus. Right? And you know, the kind of loyalty he has to me, some pastors want that loyalty from people they have not invested in. And in the next 20 years, yeah, pastor is there also. They're going to Omaya, right? Yeah, that's one pastor there too. And we've got like 10 pastors in this church. We just come here to worship. And in the next couple of years, if you see me preaching in all of these places and going to be of a blessing to them or they're coming to bless me or in the next 10 years you see all of them put money together and get me a car, then what people are going to say, God just blessed pastor with a car. Man, that guy is favored. That favor is actually 25 years of splitting my salary amongst all of them. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. I, can, I can just put an advert, pastor wanted, apply within. And then a pastor shows up, we don't agree on the same things, we don't, are, are you following what I'm saying? Nothing happens accidentally. Even before God sent Jesus to come and die for us, he talked about it in the garden. It was thousands of years. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. There was a plan to it. If you're going to have a better next year, you will already know by now. Stop waiting for crossover service with a bottle of oil. And then 11.30, you just enter, I receive, I receive, hey, yeah, I receive, I receive. You will be receiving like that 30 years. One day you just discover that you have been buried, that you are receiving sand. I receive, I receive. You are dead. 
You think his blessings, angels are pouring on you, not knowing that his sand, they are heaping on you, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. You are still doing that receiver. God says, shut up, you are dead. Because <laughs> people just assume that life is going to, just going to turn for good because they show up in church. I mean, I tell you, when I preach some of these things, people think that we don't have miracles in this church. We have absolutely tremendous miracles. In fact, was, myself and my wife, we decided that we're going to just have a testimony service, let people share their testimony. We're visiting with the family um, on Friday, and they shared a testimony with us. This guy has been trusting God for a particular job. He was a temporary staff and all that. And, I mean, <laughs> he's just been believing God for years. And remember the day I said, let people come out, whatever we're trusting God for? They should just come forth and we'll pray and agree with them. We, I prayed, agreed with him. That was a Sunday, Monday, went to the office, did a very casual test. They just called him, did a very casual test. He thought it was not a serious test. The next letter he got was his confirmation. Are you here? Yes, sir. So I've had pains in the ears, pains completely gone. There was a guy who came here too, has this grinding machine, he does grinding stuff. And he's just trusting God for his business to expand. Then he comes to the office and like in a space of how many, maybe a couple of weeks, two weeks or so, he's made 60,000 from just grinding for people in the market. And he's thinking of opening two grinding spots in workers camp and somewhere. His business, his grinding machine is having more branches than the church. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? I just gave you those two miracles to tell you that whether you are in NLNG or you are a workers camp, God can still expound you whatever you're doing. You can have many hair saloons all over the town. Are you following what I'm saying? So don't think that we don't have miracles. Don't be deceived. Life has to be built. If next year is going to be different, you will know by now. If you don't know by now, expect the same year. Praise God. So if you want to build a tower, you must define what you want to build. Don't just start building. What will be will be. It's only failure that will be. What will be will be what you and God have commanded to happen. Great marriages don't come just because of love. Great marriages come because a man is intentional. A woman is intentional. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You intentionally say I love you. You intentionally forgive. You intentionally help your wife. You intentionally look after your husband. You, you, you don't have great marriages just by snapping photographs and, you know, Instagram, tying each other's neck, almost choking people in the name of love. Say, go closer, go closer, go closer. Go. You know, if it's them, I just give me space. It's okay. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's good if you're a picture person, but it doesn't define anything. The real work for your marriage is not Instagram. The real work for your marriage is at home. Learn to put your energy where the real work is. There's nobody who takes marriage pictures like celebrities. I, you know what I'm saying? Everywhere. Husband is helping you to cook, you put it. Hobby things, cooking. And you too, you, you, are, you are smiling. <laughs> you know, social media sometimes, I don't know. You take out the trash. You, matured man, you will now snap with, with dustbin bag, hobby things, trash taking. <laughs> and that's death. You are snapping because you just want likes. 
Okay, build it tall. <laughs> well, if that's what you want to build in your life, awesome, just go for it. But if you want to build a tower, you must have something specific. Do you want to build a tower? What kind of house do you want to build? When you sit with an architect, the first thing he asks you is, what do you want to build? We had the picture of this house before we, we moved into it. If we didn't have the picture, we would not know where we're moving into. Do you have a picture of next year? Do you have a pic if you don't have a picture of next year, you will not know the year you're moving into. You know, sometimes I talk to Christians a lot and people feel like I'm against what's nine or crossover service. I'm not against it, but I just, I just think this thing true. Number one is not a commandment from God. That's number one. God didn't command us to do it. There's nothing wrong with it. But over the time that I've pastored, I've seen people attend all these meetings and their life did not change. You know what? What is at the heartbeat of my heart in preaching the gospel is that the gospel will literally transform people and we will be able to see this man was like this. But when he became a believer, after many years, he has become like this. And one of those things is that your wisdom should increase. Because Christ is made unto us wisdom. Praise God. Hallelujah. That should be an added advantage. That should not be all your hope of having a better year. Even if prophecies were spoken over you, if you don't have this lifestyle, those prophecies will not come to pass. Are you following this? So, intending to build a tower. Number four. Does not sit down first. Everybody say sit down first. Yeah. Say it one more time. Say sit down first. Yeah. So the first thing in building is to sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Plan. Sit down. Think. Intention. Building. A tower. Sit down. On the line, sit down for me. Sit down first. To think through what you want to achieve. Most of us don't like planning. I mean, all my young ladies in church knows when they say, I've, I've gotten admission, sir. And then I sit them down. Bless God, that's the first step. How are you going to pay the first school fees? What are you going to do? How are you going to sort out your accommodation? Because you cannot go to school, except the person is your father. You cannot go to school based on your uncle's good intention. Except your uncle is a very great guy. Are you following what I'm saying? Because the easiest school fees to pay is the first one. Do I have a witness? That's the easiest school fees to pay. Except it's a man that keeps his word. And then I will say, I'm just believing God. And that's why sometimes you find that very good people go to school and start living all kinds of funny lives. You know the reason why? They didn't have a plan. And then when you ask them, say, I didn't have a choice. No, you had a choice, but you refused to plan. Praise God. <laughs> you have to plan. And it starts with sitting down. You, you have to bring out biro and paper and think through. January to December 2020, it's 12 months. What are you going to become at the end of 12 months? Not just what you're going to buy. What are you going to become? Are you going to become better? What are you going to invest your time in? So you sit down. And if you, if you are not used to this, sit down with a counselor. Sit down with your pastor. Sit down with somebody you respect. 
Because one of the things if you're going into a new year is that, I think, go back and listen to all those messages. One of the things you must plan are the things to stop. The things that are distracting you. You sit down and think, what distracted me this year? What habit did allow me to achieve my goals? Some of you have been writing one book for, for many years. Why? There's no discipline to sit down and finish the work. So you sit down and plan. Think through. We've taught you about budget here. And we're going to have more classes in the Sunday school classes with very practical things to help you get your life. Because I want you guys better. I want your life to increase. I want you to have a happy home. So you sit down. Tell your neighbor, sit down. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't be in a hurry to build. Don't be in a hurry to build. You sit down and decide. Can I, you know, let me tell you how I apply this in my life. I know like, like um, well, my first degree was in social studies. It's what I read in school. And uh, three years ago, I thought about like, okay, now I have a lot of young pastors coming around me and, and I'm helping to train pastors and do all of that. That a degree in theology would not be bad. So... I, I figured, okay, fine, I'd also want to do something in leadership. So three years ago, I started my degree in theology, graduating this year, and starting my master's in leadership, which take me about two and a half years, and then I'll do my doctorate in ministry. And I thought, okay, now I want to be able to go into several regions of the world and work, like do ministry. So what I decided was my first degree, bachelor's in theology, would be from Africa. So I did doing that in South Africa. And my master's will be in Asia. And then my doctorate in ministry will be in either Europe or US. That is a strategic plan. And so what that helps me to do is, number one, I'm not choosing a school that is just offering free courses. You know, some of you have certificates, you can't, they are not accredited anywhere in the world. It's only you and the internet. It's good, but for what I want to do, you would require a level of accreditation. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You see, because I know that in the next 10, 15 years, I will not be so involved with the local church as much as I am involved with training and raising pastors. So what do I do? I need to get myself ready for that time so that when God opens the door, I am ready for that door. And that comes with a cost. You know, sometimes I have to write exams, and I'm going to preach, for instance, I remember the last time I was with my dad, we were going to South Africa to preach, and I had to write exam two hours immediately we landed in South Africa. I read all through the flight, from Lagos to South Africa, over five, five hours, 30 minutes. I was reading all through. It was a ninth flight, because immediately I landed, two hours later, I was to write the exam. Those things can only come if you have a vision. If not, you just say, ah, don't worry. <laughs> What is this one, Seth? Let's close it. It's somebody who is alive that can write an exam. <laughs> you know, my school is very strict. I don't even have the money to, you know, how can you now just come and say, Pastor Field? How will you do that? No, you can't. You have to pass. What am I saying? The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. If you read uh, some translation, it says, where there is no prophetic revelation, the people cast off restraints. That means that without vision, people are undisciplined. The reason you can go everywhere is there's no vision. There's no 
there's and those things sometimes do not is not counseling that helps. You need to have a vision. Once you have a vision, it will naturally constrain you. For for responsible people, I use the word responsible uh, in quote. You realize that the way you were living, immediately you got married. What happened? What happened to your budget? What happened to your lifestyle? The child changed everything. Sometimes when you are with your friends, you remember that you just see a phone call. <laughs> you say, ah, my wife is calling, I have to leave. That vision of that baby that you have betted have constrained your time. That's why I use the word responsible, because for some of you, your wife will call. I just look at it and say, ah, this woman says, eh, this woman. And then you get home, you start telling all the lies. As I was coming, ah, rain just started falling. I said, ah, God, why we rain for when I want to see my family? And then you, 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 matured man, you be lying, you be lying with confidence and, and, and then the poor woman will just be feeling sorry for you. You know, let me tell you one thing. You think you are wise, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. If you live that life, number one, you are not born again. You are in church, but you're not born again. Let's clarify that first. So we'll speak to you as an unbeliever. That the first thing is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. That's the first. It's not stop lying. You cannot stop. It's your nature. You and the devil, you are actually in the same family. And he's the father of lies. So you will act according to your spiritual father. So it's not that stop lying. You cannot. You know you cannot. Because it just comes natural. Even, even you, you, you are amazed at your own lie. You marvel. Like, wow. I can lie. Like, I can lie. Ah, this guy, you lie. Even Satan looks at you and like, whoa. You should have been my pastor. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> so you count the cost. You count the cost. Every vision will require a cost. There is a cost to achieve anything. Don't buy the lie. Nothing is free. Even if somebody gives you money, he worked for it. Or he stole it. But the stealing it was also work. In that sense of getting the money. Nothing is free. If you want a great life, there is a cost. So you ask yourself, what is the cost of achieving this thing? What will it take from me? If you want to be a brilliant student, you have to read. Are you following what I'm saying? If you want your business to grow, you have to invest in it. You have to be there. You cannot have a business, you are never there, and you want it to grow. Or the one that gets me so upset is you have a business, and in fact, I hope no member of this church does that, because if I'm driving past and I see you, I will just come inside and drive you out. You have a shop, you open by 8 o'clock, and now pray till 10. Why? See, you are praying for customers. No, you are driving them away. Why don't you get up early and pray? And when it's time to do business, you open your shop and do business. I pass some shops in the morning and I'm seeing them singing. And I'm like, this is no church. Do all your prayers. When you go to your store, just say in the name of Jesus, today, sales are coming here. The favor of God is all over this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, we sell as much as we can. Thank you, ministry spirit. Open and start shouting for customers. The, 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 the voice you are using to pray to God, use it to call people. Stand outside of your soul and say, come and buy, come and buy, come and buy, come and buy. <laughs> and then after that, you drink oil. 
you drop oil all over the place. People are coming to your shop. They are sleeping down because there is too much oil. On Reduce the oil. Use it to fry up. Do something. Eat. Go. Go. Just do something. God is not as mysterious as we make him to look. Are you following what I'm saying? He is a wise God. God is not mysterious. He's not, he's not, like, I don't understand. He's a mystery. No, we can understand God. He gave us his word. He told us what to do. It was Jesus that gave this parable that if a man wants to build a tower, he must sit down and count the cost. Those are the words of Jesus. And we make Christianity look like we don't even know what we're doing. And then tomorrow we say, they're after my life. What is in your life that they're after? What do you have? You can't pay store rent after your life. The devil will lose sending devil, demons after you. It's a waste of resources. And they're attacking me because of my destiny. They're not serious. You know, sometimes wisdom makes the devil look very foolish. I mean, you just be amazed at how your life will glide. And even if the devil is after you, you take authority over him and send him back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't be wasting all your life praying about the devil. And you talked about mockers. Those of you who like mockers a lot. I say your mockers will laugh at you because you started your life and you were not able to finish it. Praise God. All right. Are you still here? Are you learning something this morning? Every vision has a corresponding cost. Salvation costed the Son of God. Nothing in life is free. <laughs> Nothing in life is free. Praise God. Number six. It says whether he has enough to finish it. Three resources you must check to confirm if you have enough to be able to finish any project. Number one, time. Whatever you want to do, do you have time for it? Do you have time? You want to start a ministry, do you have time? Do you want to start a business, do you have time? How many of us have started businesses we don't have time for and the businesses collapsed? There was no time. Maybe you had a job somewhere and you're trying to start a business. You see, anything in life you want to build requires time. It requires nothing. You can't build anything without time. Even if you have staff, you have to have the time to be able to go supervise them. Are you following what I'm saying? If you don't have enough time for a project, don't commit to it. And I say this as a word of knowledge. Some of you are in too many WhatsApp groups. That's what is taking your time. Relevant ones, irrelevant ones. Every year I just go through all my groups and exit. You just say, he has exited. So I ask myself, in the last one year, what has this group contributed? You know, some groups are just fighting groups. Everybody's arguing over nothing. You know, sometimes you have debate and you ask, so what are we arguing over? You just realize nothing. Just some people who, you know, some people have free time and free data. So they can just be there. And you have something to build. So time, do you have enough time for this project? Number two, do you have the, do you have the required knowledge? Don't do anything you don't have knowledge about. Don't start a business you don't have knowledge about. We're looking at three resources that can help you finish any project. We're not even talking about money. Time first. Do you have time for it? Do you have time for that business? Do you have time for that family? And that's why I advise young people, when you get into school, that's not just when to start a relationship. You don't have time for that yet. 100 level, you are in a relationship. Then you break at, at second semester. By the time you leave school, you have four exes. Scattered all over the place. It's almost like those X's are more than your degree. 
Relationship requires time. Personal development requires time. Growing up spiritually requires time. Time to listen to the word. Time to pray. Why is it that most of us can't win souls? We don't have time. Because soul winning requires what? Time. That's just it. So everything in this world is competing for your time. Everything. Everything is competing for your time. Everything is competing for your time. So time is a precious resource. It cannot be, it cannot be reduced. It cannot be multiplied. You can only invest it or spend it. So every 24 hours you have, you're asking yourself, is this contributing towards the building of my tower? Is this contributing towards the building of my tower? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So we talked about time, knowledge. Do you have enough knowledge about what you want to do? Then number three, resource that you have, determination or desire. Desire is a resource, is a powerful resource. If a man has desire about something, whoo, he will become creative. It's very easy. Look at how you got your wife. Once that desire came, creativity was unleashed. You became a poet, you became a, 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 a monitoring spirit. You became a geographer. You know the distance from a house to your place, how many minutes it will take. All of these things, you didn't know them before. But desire. Once a man desires something, the ideas will come. The determination will come. The strength will come. So three resources you need to finish anything. Time. What's the next one? Knowledge. Knowledge. No. Time. Knowledge and what? Desire or what? Determination. Do you have enough of that? Are you determined? You know one thing, I, when I got called into ministry, I, I, I told myself, I stood in the room, I told myself, I said, I cannot fail in ministry. And I went after knowledge. All you need to do is get into my office. I went after knowledge. Went after knowledge. Went after knowledge. Went after knowledge. Went, went to meetings. I remember one meeting I went to in Lagos way back. Matthew Shimolo used to do it. Uh, winning Ways. Way back. I was in it at National Stadium. Myself and my, my friend, we didn't have transport. So we, 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 we put our transport together, we begged the guy, and he said we'll sit on the attachment. Do you have any other English word for attachment? Who knows what attachment is? You know, you sit on the bus, right? Everybody's on a seat, so just behind the driver, where the engine is, right? See, you don't know. Now you're making me look very old. Like, I can't remember attachment, okay. All right, that's where we sat to Lagos, from, from Delso. My friend, my friend, we had to carry pillows, because that place is hot, that's where the engine is, like that. We just wanted to be in that meeting. When we got there, where the room we're staying in Lagos, you know how Lagos people just say, when you say you want to come, they'll say, come. You think they have houses. We're like six guys in the room. They will only see. You just look for your space. And if you come, wherever, I mean. But we just want, we didn't, those things were not important. We just wanted the knowledge. That was the cost for that meeting. Praise God. During break, everybody will just go buy lunch, buy this, but you can't buy lunch. You can't buy lunch. You'll be hungry, you just convert it to prayer. Say, let's just pray in the spirit. Just be praying in tongues. Even God knows that this tongue, half of it is prayer, half is hunger. Because you pray in tongues to a point, you don't even understand the tongues you are speaking. Like, oh, wait, is this a heavenly language or hunger language? What? You just want, you just want that time, and then you go in for the next session. What's that determination? But if you don't have that determination, what's the first thing you are going to say? I don't have transport. 
Have you met people like that? They want to do something, but they have all the excuses in the world. I don't have transport. You give them transport. Uh, I don't think the bike man will have change. Like, once, you get into, once you get on the bike before you know that the man has change. Like, okay, I don't have shirts for church. You don't want to come to church. I mean, have you come to church one day and we inspected your shirt and say, yeah, no, 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 no. KDCC, we don't do this. Let's add some more color. No. Nobody's even looking at what you are. Is yourself. You don't, if you have a desire to serve God, David danced until his clothes came off. Don't, don't dance until your clothes come off here. That's David. But what I'm trying to say is that he was not conscious of himself. Why? Because there was something in his heart prompting him to dance. If there's something in your heart that follows hard after God, you will not need follow-up. You will go after God. You will, that desire there will push you through. Number seven, laid the foundation. Laid the foundation. Anything you want to build, you must start from the foundation. I like what Bishop David Oibor used to say many years ago. He said, it's only a grave you start digging from the top. What does that mean? Everything has to start. You must appreciate starting. Appreciate foundations. Appreciate foundations. Some of you now need to lay foundations for the future. Lay foundations for your children so they will not suffer. When you go to school, you're not just going to school for yourself, for instance. You're laying foundation for your generation. When you learn a handwork and you're good with it, you're not just laying a foundation for yourself. Always think of the future when you're doing anything. Ten years from now. Sometimes time flies. It's amazing. A church is seven years. Like, when did we come here? When did we come? Some of you have spent 13 years in this town. Am I right? 15 years. Some of your company has even given you something for, ah, for staying that long. And I know some of us, when we came, it was like, I'm just going to work in this energy for five years, and then I'll just go and do this, and go and do this, and go and do this, go and do this, and go and do this. You're 20 years here. Don't always, you see, don't always see life from that perspective. Time flies faster than you think. All you need to do is to look at your children. You had your children, you're so excited. Before you know, they're off to secondary school. Before you know, they're going to university. Before you know, you're a grandparents. So you must always think of the future. Will this contribute to the tower? If it is not going to contribute to the tower, I'm not part of it because I'm building something. And then be, be appreciative of foundations. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, while I was building this church, and, I, and I'm talking with my brother who is in charge of our building committee, and he, he keeps saying something, and I like it. He said, don't worry. He said, it's when the building comes up, you will now begin to appreciate the money you've put in. Because, I mean, when we're laying the foundations, like, we need to and so money for this. I'm like, ah, we need this. I'm like, we need to buy roads. I'm like, ah. You know, you almost spend a lot of money down, and there's nothing to show. But you know, I like the blocks up. I like the, the zinc. I like the stuff. Sometimes those are like the cheapest, right? What you're building right now might not be visible to people, but it doesn't mean you're wasting your life. We like to be visible. We, we like when people feel, I don't want people to laugh at me. Just start laughing at yourself so that when people laugh at you, you don't mind. I'm not, I, don't, I don't even care who is laughing or who is not laughing. Because people can either laugh at you or with you. At you because you started something and you didn't finish. With you because you finished it. Why don't you focus on finishing? And then you can change the purpose of their laughter. If that's your goal. 
So you lay the foundation. Why, why, why laying foundation in anything is the first step? It does not determine success. Whatever foundation you have laid, you must endeavor to complete. Somebody say finishing. That's very important. I really, really want to emphasize on that. And it's finish it, finish it, underline finish it for me. Finish, finish, finish. Learn to finish things. Learn to finish a project. Don't leave things scattered. Some of us have started many things we don't finish. Next year you want to start something. Why don't you finish what you started? You have late foundation here, late foundation here, late foundation here, no one house. If they drive you now, all your houses are foundation stage. You have six books on your laptop, not one is published. Many businesses, there's no one you can actually say is a business. Why don't you stay with something and finish it? Start a relationship, finish it with marriage. You cannot be doing relationship for 10 years. Say we're celebrating our 10 years anniversary of what? Of cutting. Bring that, that relationship to a closure. Do you understand what I'm saying? Finish things in your life so you can move on to something else. You see, the challenge most of us have is we want to do many things at the same time. So you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. And at the end of your life, your energy is dissipated all over the place and not one thing is finished. I used to have that weakness. Man, I can come up with a hundred ideas. It took discipline for me to say no, I don't. Especially people who are very creative. I'm a, I'm a very good starter, but I don't know how to finish stuff. I mean, I can, I can plant, I can go anywhere and plant a church. And then when the church starts growing, I just get tired. I just want to plant something else. <laughs> I remember coming into Bonnie and I said, I was going to stay here for four years. And when it was the fifth year, she's telling my dad, and dad said, you're not going anywhere. Because I just like that starting. I don't mind starting. But you know, in life, you can start this and start that and start this and start this and never bring it to a finish. And at the end of your life, you look back and you realize you haven't built anything. And God began to work with me about enjoying the process, staying there. So one of the things I do, I mean, like what I'm doing with Pastor knows now, I just, if I want to plant another church, I just go with guys and plant the church and hand it over to them. Just learn to finish. Just learn to finish. Are you following what I'm saying? Tell your neighbor you need to finish some things. And if you have not finished, don't set a new goal for next year. What's your new goal? Finish what you started. Don't start a new relationship. Because every year you leave one. Next year you, no, bring it to a close. Don't start a new business. Most of you have like six businesses. They know you for selling granite oil. The next day they know you for selling uh, honey. Now you are selling natural products. The next time you are selling human hair. Then the next week. You know, so by the time people now want honey, they call you. Ah, it means you have not been talking to me. I stopped that three years ago. Man. What are you doing now? <laughs> and then next year you have said, ah, this thing is not selling. We are entering pure water. 2020 is our year of taking over. That is the devil speaking to you. Go and take over what you have left and continue in it. If not, you will use all your years starting new things. And without consistency, you don't build anything. Loyalty, even in business, is built from what? From consistency. Do you know that's one of the greatest problems in this country? We're all Nigerians, so... You know that's one of the greatest problems. A governor starts a project, 
for four years. Another governor comes, investigates that project, starts his own project. All over the country, all over the country, there are abandoned projects. So we are almost 60 years and we haven't finished one project. Are you feeling what I'm saying? Resources wasted. Somebody will start a railway line and say, no, it's not that kind of railway he wants. He wants the railway that will turn like this. They will leave that one. And, and you realize that for each of these projects that we cancel, we pay. And sometimes you wonder that our leaders, don't they think we're praying for them? It's just easy. Can you finish one project? Even if as a nation we decided that we wanted to face light in the last 10 years, we'd have had constant light. This one will come. How many of you remember Basha's vision? Vision what? 2020. Uh, Basha, was it 2020? 2010. Basha was not 2020. It was 2010. Imagine it's 10 years after that vision. Nothing. And you know, when Abasha said vision 2010, we all felt like, wow, that's a long time. We have passed it with 10 years. And the money he stole, we are still collecting it. That was the real vision he had. It was a vision of developing the country. My apologies to whoever is related to him. He, wasn't, he didn't have a vision. Look at Rwanda. Few years ago, Paul Kagame decided. They, 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 I've been to that country like three times. They decided they were going. They, the, the international airport in Rwanda is not bigger than Podakot Airport. It's not bigger than Potakot Airport. But you can't compare them. It's like comparing a madman and a sane person. You know, there's no... You, you need to compare two things that are the same level. They are not the same level at all. Not the same. That's, I'm telling you in terms of size. The country is not even big. Neat. You know, it's so neat that when you throw something on the floor, even your conscience will tell you that you have brought that your Nigerian spirit here. Pick it up. You, you, the, nobody, no, you don't need CCTV camera. Your conscience will tell you that. You see, this is your village habit. Eh? Pick this thing. <laughs> neat stuff. Why? A vision. Listen, we can change this nation the day we decide that this nation will change. It's as simple as that. And we're all part of it. Are you following what I'm saying? The next one, we need to finish things. Finish your marriage. Finish that church plan. Finish that business. Make some profits. By December 31st, make sure you're finishing things. And then number nine, all who see. People can see what you're doing. Whether you're laying a foundation, whether you're building, whether you're finishing, you don't do things in this life without people observing. People are observing your life. And sometimes it's your consistency that makes people to bless you. Praise God. People are observing you. People are watching you. They're watching how you do your things with excellence. They're watching how you do your things with excellence. They watch how you conduct yourself. They watch how you dress. They watch how you look. They watch how you talk. These are all part of your life. And we've been designed in such a way that we're related to one another. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Lastly, mock him. Underline mock him. We attract mockery, not necessarily because of the devil, but the fact that we're not able to build things successfully to the end. We attract mockery, not necessarily because of the devil, but because we're not able to build things successfully to the end. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.
Have you learned anything this morning? Take responsibility for your life. Even if you need to start small, start small. And stay there. I mean, I love the testimony of our brother. I, I love, I, in fact, his testimony so encouraged my heart. The one that has grinding machine in, in the market. He says, Pastor, I just work a few hours a day. He gets up by 4.30, gets to the market by 5 to grind for people who are doing uh, bean cake and all that. Then closes around 7.38, comes home, then goes back around 5 in the evening, grinds for those you know, fresh stuff at night. And now he's thinking of having three centers in town. I mean, man, man brought, brought an offering for me. Brought offering and brought, I mean, a few days ago he brought wine. He said, Pastor, this wine is for you. Say you're a good son. I didn't say that. <laughs> but then he said he wants to go and get married now. Awesome. You, you know that this is somebody going somewhere. Some of you have done shut down job 10 times. You cannot get married. I don't know what is happening to my money. The money will just come like this. The money will just disappear. I need prayer. No, you don't need prayer. We, we need to collect that money from you and then be giving you small, small to spend. You know, that's what will help some of you. You just pay into the church account. Then every day, you come and take 200. <laughs> that's what will help some of you. Just waste money. Then before you know, you have a child here, you have a child here, you have a child here. Every shutdown, you, you get somebody pregnant. Every shutdown. So if you have done six, you have six children. Because once that money is there, you just be hearing women, 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 women. Now is the time. Go for it. Go for it. Then when they talk about tithe, you are the first to be asking, is it Old Testament or is New Testament? No. It's non-testament. If you have worked for many years and there's no proof of that work in your life, you need to sit down and think. And the thought has to be, even if I get another work, my life will still be the same. So go for wisdom. You know, people ask us how we build these things, right? How we build, we build things in church. You have been in this church for years. We've never stood on this altar to harass you for building money. Whatever offerings is given, 100% goes to our building. And whatever we do here. So I don't need to harass anybody. All I need to do is to use my wisdom. This is what is available. This is what we can do. This is what is available. This is what we can do. And in seven years, look at what God has helped us to achieve. There are many churches with more money than us that can't do this. You know why? Every month they are holding program. Bring guest minister from Portacourt. Lodge Hotel. Do honorarium. I'm your guest minister. <laughs> Until that building is finished. No guest minister is coming here. You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, we've got a parsonage there. We, we have a two-bedroom guest house in that place, not just the parsonage. There's a two-bedroom guest house in that place. When we have guest ministers, that's where they will stay. We'll not pay hotel for anybody. We'll be well furnished. And when we don't have guest ministers, we'll put it for rent. For those who want to pray, who want to do whatever stuff, they'll give us money. We used to pay all these light bees and all this air condition. The person who built the hotel is a human being. Are you following what I'm saying? And then imagine how much money we save for the ministry. We are not on, on, on rent if we're staying here. And then if we bring a guest minister, we, we don't have to pay hotels. And then we can actually put that place up for rent temporarily when we're using it. You know how much money we're going to save. You know, I mean, I can decide to go and live in a house that is one million a month, a, a more million a year. And you won't think it's too much because I'm working hard. Are you following what I'm saying? Or we can choose to discipline ourselves and get our own place. One of the signs of dominion is ownership. You own stuff. 
exercise of dominion is owning stuff and not renting stuff. We're the ones in charge. We're the kings of the earth. God has ordained us to be kings. We're not here to look like victims. We might not be there right now, but we are on our way. We're building something. And by the time we get to the end of it, you will see the tower that we have built. And I want that for your own life. You make up your mind that 2020 is going to be different. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you have a wife here, you have not paid the bride price. Don't set any other goal. That is your goal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You won't hear now. <laughs> On this mic for me. Praise God. Can you hear me now? If you have a wife here and you have not paid the bride price, no goal for 2020. What is the goal? I can't hear you. What is the goal? And you women, are you hearing? All those, he does not have money, he does not have money. Both of you look for the money and take him home. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did you hear? Everybody say yes, whether you have paid yours or not. Let's join them to say yes. Did you hear what I'm saying? Make it your goal for next year that I will consummate this marriage properly. Because you are a child of God. And children of God do what is right. Can the church say amen? amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We receive wisdom and grace. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that by the, by the Spirit of God, the heart is strengthened with might in the inner man. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.